This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. Dan Clark talks films on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to the second edition of this new show. Second, I think that qualifies it's still new. Uh, it's called Dan Clark Talks Films and I am Dan Clark. And guess what? I'm talking about films. Uh, today I have a very special guest, um, the brilliant Steve Oram, who is a comedian and a filmmaker, uh, musician and policeman by... Uh, <laughs> By, uh, from what we were just talking about. Um, oh, we'll get to Steve in a sec. Uh, firstly, I'll just explain a bit about the show. If you're a new listener, this is a show where um, each week I'll have a different person from uh, television or film talking about the films that inspired them. Um, we'll be doing a guilty pleasure section where... And th- by the way, I mean that as a... That's something film related I'm not going to be asking them about weird kinky stuff unless Steve you oh, oh yeah <laughs> he was here just that to talk about all my preparation out the window isn't it <laughs> so uh, um, we'll be doing a, yeah the guilty pleasure section we've all got films that we uh, that we love but that we know really are a bit shit or maybe we don't maybe we think they're underrated classics so each week our guest has picked a film which we'll talk about later in the show uh, where, and they're going to justify why they think it's uh, under, uh, are you going to justify it or are you just going to admit it's shit? Uh, I'm going to say it's good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, I, lo- I good. love my film that I've yeah. chosen. Yeah. So. Good. Well, I, I, I watched it last night um, and it's a. It's a <laughs> It's a strange experience, I have to say. I'm glad that you picked it, though, because um, I'm, I'm pleased that I've now seen that film. We'll talk about that uh, a bit later. Um, I just got back from Nice, uh, Steve. Oh, very nice, Dan, yeah. 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 Nice time. Nice <laughs> not, was it? It was lovely. Yeah. Do you know, there's something... I know we talk about this, right? Uh, British people are obsessed with the weather, but when you wake up and oh, the God, sun is actually go. shining, yeah. sometimes you go, maybe I won't kill myself today. <laughs> <laughs> there, it, it, yeah, it's amazing, and now I'm back to this. It is just so depressing, but more reason to stay in and watch films, thanks, I guess. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. I feel, yeah. Do you feel yeah. perked up? Yeah, I feel really... When well, was the last know, time wanted. you were in the sunshine? Uh, I think it was in the late 80s. <laughs> yeah. Where, uh, on where? a family holiday t- to uh, Wales. Oh, nice. The sun came yeah. out, I think. I didn't know the sun shone there. It did, three days in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Great about day. that. Heard, it's on days. Wikipedia. Yeah, the nineteen eighty-eight yeah. Welsh the, the uh, real, the real sun heat wave. Heat wave. Yeah, <laughs> got really sunburnt and had to go to hospital. Oh. Oh, well, more gold like that coming up from Steve <laughs> in a minute. Um, first of all, uh, th- this is something we're going to do every week as well. I've got my guests to pick songs or even score from films, that, uh, pieces of music they love. Um, I- I'm going to start off with, this is one of mine, uh, a particular favourite. This is from the film Midnight Cowboy. I think you know this. That's a bit of a weird note at the end there. Very high note, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know you could do that. That was uh, Harry Nilsson, and uh, actually a cover of uh, a song by Fred Neil. Uh, do you, you, you do you prefer the Fred Neil or the I prefer Harry? the Fred Neil version? Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really okay. much grittier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I wouldn't have used the word grittier, but I, oh, I right. know what you mean. There's something about it, yeah, isn't there? There is something yeah, about it. Earthy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's actually a song not just used from Midnight Cowboy, but it was also in uh, Forrest Gump 
Borat and your favourite film, The Hangover 3. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Midnight Cowboy, that's a, that's a fucking great it's film, It's an amazing isn't it? film, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. actually, um, I met John Voight recently. Did you really? Yeah, but I didn't know I was going to meet him. Meet him? I was in L.A. Oh, I know. You can't say that <laughs> phrase, I was in L.A. without nice it sounding like... LA. Yeah, I know. What, what nice, L.A. By the way, this was a while ago. It's not like I was there last yeah. week. I didn't go from Nice to L.A. Or the other way around. It was a period of, there was period quite of time in yeah. Northampton or something. <laughs> yeah, that's 18 it. years. Yeah, I was in Lewisham for the rest of the time. Um, <clears throat> no, but I, uh, I, I was, my girlfriend said she knows this uh, film producer. And uh, in, as I don't know if you've ever been to LA, Steve, but everyone's a film producer, in yes, inverted commas, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've been on some of the couches of those film producers, been, right? Been a victim of all that, the process. That's why I'm back here now. But uh, she, we went for dinner, and it was just mostly kind of non-industry people at this person's house, just like quite a modest. But just sat at the head of the table as I walked in was John Voight. Oh my! Almost God. kind of mafioso. Really? Like, was yeah. he wearing his cowboy stuff like he does in the film? <laughs> I'd love it if he was still like uh, <laughs> you know hanging on to it. I was in Midnight Cowboy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he Have was uh, he was quite scary. Was I mean, a nice a guy, but there's something quite sort of menacing about just his general demeanour. He's yeah. got this sort of look, and but uh, but very friendly. You get on with him, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed. What did uh, you talk about? We talked mostly about me and my career. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So this is why he didn't. Yeah, click with you. Yeah, that's why he was guy? giving me a uh, moody stare. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I hadn't put two and two together. I kept saying to him, "Have you seen How Not to Live Your Life?" Yeah. It's a BBC Three sitcom. <laughs> uh, uh, and he, uh, he spat at me. Oh, um, no, he was he was very friendly, and um, yeah, that's my uh, John Voight story. It's so, a very good um, one. bit of news, bit of film news this week, Steve. I don't know if you keep your finger on the pulse with film news. Do you obsess right. over like websites? Um, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Uh, uh, film website. <laughs> yeah, I don't obsess about anything, Dan. I'm don't really you? very um, are you quite level man? Are you quite zen? Uh, not really. No, no. no. You um, you're a comedian, ang- so angsty, you're very ang- yeah. proper. Wi- properly have lots of weird thoughts and need to sit down <laughs> on on my own quite a lot. Get away from people, That's you know. <laughs> Okay, so ladies okay, so and gents, we have actually, uh, we actually uh, invited a mentally ill yeah. uh, guest onto the show today, but uh, we won't make fun of the mentally ill, especially not after what the Tories have been doing lately with uh, disabled benefits. Anyway, that's a different show. This is a film show. Um, so, uh, yeah, the film news this week, the thing that uh, excited me the most, this is something I read about uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, was that Woody Harrelson, who I love, Sam Rockwell, who I also love, uh, will be joining Francis McDormand, who I also love, um, in a film by Martin McDonough. Do you know who did In Bruges? Oh, yeah, brilliant. And Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Now, In Bruges, is, for me, is one of my favourite films yeah, of like film. the last 20 years. I, I absolutely fucking love that film. And it also proved that, weirdly, Colin Farrell can be funny, which yeah. nobody <laughs> knew, but he's, he is amazing in that film. Um, Seven Psychopaths, slightly less. I wasn't yeah. quite as... I mean, like, good in parts, but maybe I just had so many high hopes because of In Bruges. And uh, he's also an amazing playwright. Have you seen Hangmen? I haven't seen that. Oh, man. No, no. Got to go and see that. It's amazing. I'm not... Nor- like, I'm a, I'm a bit of a philistine when it comes to theatre. I... 
even good plays at some point I think when's this going to finish yeah. like even good even ones I'm enjoying I'm like yeah but it's still going on a bit isn't it <laughs> Uh, especially when you pay seventy pounds a ticket. Yeah, well, you should enjoy it. Really, yeah, shouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, what? Well, that's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should learn to enjoy it then yeah. if you spend that much. You shouldn't pay. You should seventy quid yeah. for it to sit in a. I mean, they're beautiful theatres, but those seats were not designed for <sighs> contemporary men, yeah. were they? What big big blokes like yeah. you? <laughs> With big big yeah. asses. Yeah, big asses. Yeah. But anyway, I'm really excited about that film. The film's called Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That's Ebbing, comma, Missouri. How many films out there do you think actually have a comma in the title? Well, it's an do? interesting decision, isn't it? What's make? your favourite film with a comma oh, in the title? God, here we go. Um, we just mentioned one before we went on air, didn't we? I think we did. Which was this? I'll give you a clue. You went for a casting for the director. Oh, yeah, Paris, Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good little game we played, isn't it? <laughs> it was. Did you, did you enjoy That's that? That's the only one with a comma, though, isn't it? I think so. I, I think that, I don't think there is. Does Rocky too have a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in between the O and the, the C. O and the C. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> key two. Um, no, I can't think of any others. But weird that we, Steve, everyone uh, has just—he's uh, just come from a casting for a Vim Vendors movie, which I—I'm th- really impressed by. It. Um, yeah, he was—he wasn't there himself. He wasn't there, no, it just went on tape. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the film I'm really excited about. Other news is, are you a Ghostbusters fan, Steve? Oh, of course. Yeah? Who isn't? Um, phone in it if you're not a <laughs> Ghostbusters fan. <laughs> We'd love to meet you, apparently. Um, the trailer went online the other day. Um, yeah. Did you watch it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh. I dread to go there. See, I'm not as, I'm not as um, kind of precious about remakes as some people because I get why they happen, especially like foreign films that were, you know, really brilliant foreign films. But there's just millions of people in the UK and America that aren't going to watch a yeah. film with subtitles. So if you can do a good version of it, I get why people think that's a good idea. I'm not saying they're any they're, they're ever any good, <laughs> but I get the reason for it. Ghostbusters is a bit odd because it doesn't look like a film that's that old that kids will go, oh. It's in colour. I don't yeah. want to watch this. Well, it still feels quite contemporary. Do you know what I mean? It does, actually, yeah. 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 But there's a lot of money to be made from it, so they, they want to do it. But the effects I did were good <coughs> in the original as well, weren't they? Amazing. I mean, brilliant. And that's all coming back in fashion, isn't it? The whole in-camera stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, um, the uh, Slimer, was he's, he's, that's actually an actor. Is he really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's on wires. Yeah. yeah. Do you know well, what? When I, this is a true story, right? When I was a kid, for years, I thought... Basically, I remember being told Yoda isn't real. And I remember being upset by that. What, the actor? No, the, the, it's a puppet. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then years later, I remembered being told that and feeling disappointed and thinking, well, what did I think it was? Yeah. And then imagined Yoda... <laughs> On, like, talk shows, you know, going, <laughs> yes. I've just been typecast as this <laughs> uh, right. this sort of goblin creature. Yeah. Um, difficult to get part. I mean, I don't know. Could, could sort of rom-com kind of thing, following yeah. uh, Star Wars, couldn't you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What, Yoda in a Yoda sort of boy meets girl, boy meets loses girl. green yeah. Yeah. person. Yeah, something there, yeah. Okay, well, they are expanding the Star Wars universe. They so are, yeah. Maybe a rom-com in the mix would it's be good. Definitely, yeah, a couple of Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> when Chewie met Yoda Chewie or something. Met, yeah. yeah. If we, you know, we'll make it really modern and have it as a, 
um, like a same-sex uh, rom-com. Same, that's exactly same-sex, different the Star Wars franchise <laughs> needs. Dad, <laughs> I think a so. Same-sex, uh, same-sex, different creature. What sex is he? He's a bloke. He's a bloke. bloke is it? He's a bloke. How do you know? Because he's got the voice of Frank Oz. Oh, yeah. Mind you, Frank Oz did Miss Piggy's voice. Well, so there you go. Yeah. There you go. Fuck, oh, this is getting really, really deep. Um, <laughs> but I did watch the Ghostbusters trailer, right? And I have to say, and, and I'm a big fan of Kristen Wiig, and all, all, they're all SNL um, alumni, and I'm a fan of them all, but something about it didn't really rock my boat, I have to say. Did they look like they were... It's struggling with the script. Like that was the problem. Probably. It was like they kept forgetting their lines. Do, trying, to, <laughs> yeah. trying and, to remember it. I yeah. know. And like you think, what, you're keeping this in the trailer? Yeah. They should Weird. have they should have re edited it, probably kept the best bits in. Maybe that's maybe you know at the end of films in the eighties they had like the sort of blooper reel, like at the end of cannibal run films and stuff. Maybe it's, that's, yeah, it's maybe, in fashion now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they've just done that. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. All I, all, all I could think was right. These guys all know there's an, a lot of pressure for this film to be good. They must be thinking, let's put out a fucking amazing trailer that makes everyone go, oh shit, maybe this is going to be good. And it was just kind of so-so, a bit naff. Yeah. Unless what they're doing is lowering everyone's expectations. I don't think you do that in a trailer, though. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you get Usually less people coming them. to see you. Yeah. But the ones that do are really, really surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how I base my career. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's uh, that's the movie news. Uh, films this week. Uh, I've got one pick of the week. Normally, we'll have uh, like a, a proper bona fide reviewer or critic in to talk about their films, but uh, today we don't, um, sadly. But uh, the one film I'd like to pick for everyone to go and see is The Witch. Have you seen The Witch? Well, You've heard about Witch. it. It's a um, sort of gothic horror set in 17th century in uh, New England. And if you like your horror, which I'm sure you do, knowing your stuff to sort of be smart and beautifully shot, then you should see The Witch. It won loads of... I think it won... It definitely won awards at the Sundance Festival last year, but got loads of praise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's out today, so check out The Witch. You've seen it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Like I said, I'm not the reviewer or the critic, but... It's a good uh, review, no, I've heard, just go, you heard it's good. I've heard it's good. No, I have heard it's uh, really good from people who I trust. Um, like, my mum. Say mum, sorry. No. If my mum told me a film was good, I would steer clear of it. Uh, mind you, she did introduce me to... Um, uh, drugs. <laughs> drugs. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Um, okay, so uh, as I mentioned, we're going to be playing music throughout the show. Uh, Steve has picked some songs for us. This one is a peculiar number. Um, this is from Derek Jarman's... Um, which one is it from? Oh, this it's is from Blue, Jubilee. No, Jubilee. This, this is from Jubilee, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, blue's always the one I think of when I think of Derek Jarman because yeah. I was about 15 and it sort of blew my mind. That Partly like, wow, and partly like, what this is a film yeah well it was it's a radio yeah. it was a broadcast, broadcast oh, was it? simultaneously on radio 3 as, as at the same time as it was on channel 4 okay. at the time yeah and jubilee uh, um i've not actually seen is oh, this amazing. is it amazing yeah it's a yeah subversive punk film from the late 70s it's really, it's really amazing i kind of got that when <coughs> i was listening to the track yeah and this this track yeah. is a really 
a sort of odd, odd performance by <laughs> a punk punk singer called Jordan, and she does this uh, amazing feather dance on stage. And shows a bum and stuff. It's, it's a is it easy to get hold of this film? Yeah, yeah, you can get hold okay. of it. Yeah, brilliant. Just, just uh, get it anywhere. It's brilliant. Derek Jarman's Jubilee. There you go. Check it out. Here is Rule Britannia, sung by Pamela Rook. Dan Clark talks films on Fubar Radio. Now, what I love about that track is it's quite jolly. It's quite it sort is, of fun, yeah. and, and yet the, you can hear Hitler going on and bombs dropping and planes. Like yeah. It sounds like warplanes flying. I mean, it's... it's that amazing weird... operatic voice as well. Yeah. It goes so high, you can almost not hear so it. So tell me a bit about Jubilee, well, because I'm now desperate to... Is it just some crazy freeform movie, or is it... No, it's a... Well, it's got a story. One or? of Derek Jarman's yeah sort of classic films it follows queen elizabeth i who comes forward into the pre- into the present day at that time late, late 70s britain and she wanders around and sees what's going on and there's loads of gangs of you know youths who are being violent and nihilistic and horrible policemen and then all these rich people who live in a a sort of community in Dorset. Dorset's been fenced off what? and it's br- it's brilliant and it, it's just the most sub- like intense subversive who plays ever. Queen Elizabeth? Uh, that's Jenny Runacre, who's okay, a, yeah, who's yeah. a, a Australian actu- actress. Wow, she's brilliant, and it's got all lo- loads of punk stars of the day: Adam Ant and Toya Wilcox. Of course, uh, we'll get to her yeah, in a minute. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, let's get to you, Steve oh, Orham. Hello there, the Dad. Renaissance man, <laughs> <laughs> as we call you in the. Uh, Steve <clears throat> is someone I actually have known for quite a few years now sort of depressing to think how many yeah. years because then it makes you go i'm how old yeah but uh i'm i if i my math correct is correct i met you 18 years ago is that right yeah god when was that or, or late 90s? 17 yeah something like that yeah edinburgh. we were just up in edinburgh during the yeah. festival with big dreams and big bladders <sighs> <laughs> big bladders there's a lot of drinking back then um now you did you started off in comedy how did you uh steve for for those people that are less familiar with steve's work he is the writer and star of the brilliant film sightseers which was released when was it like three four uh, years yes 2012 2012 in celebration of the queen's jubilee the and the olympics that's exactly why <laughs> we yeah. made the film <laughs> thanks dan yeah <laughs> And uh, uh, and of course followed it up with the I could say even more cult classic film. Yeah, R. How do you is it R? Is you it can R? say it however you want. Uh, uh, you know, it's, is it's it up R? to the yeah. Is it could be? Wow. Okay. <laughs> up to you, Dan. Um, we'll get, we'll talk about your films in a minute. But you started off as a comedian, and yeah. uh, you also played a bit of music as well. Is that right? A little. Yeah, that was oh, what God. I did before I even did comedy. Was I was I was play music in bands and things all over London. That's the Jasper Carrot route, the Jasper, isn't it? exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Balding, brummy route to, to there stardom. There are a lot of similarities, actually, aren't there? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so you did the music, then you uh, went into comedy. And was, did, it a, yeah. was it a, oh, maybe I'm funnier than I am a better musician? Yeah, or? I guess so. I mean, it was, I just did it for, to see did an open spot to see how it went just for a laugh really and then it then i got really into it and that's all that happened you know and and sort of the drug the drug of yeah. comedy and <laughs> it was brilliant fun you know met yeah. loads of people quite quite quickly really and we did, did edinburgh 
yes yeah, yeah many many we both did we did quite a few Edinburgh's when yeah. we were there at the same time didn't yeah. we and um, when did you first start making because I know you made quite a lot of little shorts and stuff before you did Sightseers yeah but w- when did you actually Sightseers was out in 2012 in, in yeah. <laughs> for the uh, Olympics <laughs> and uh, when, when did you actually start working on the idea for that well, that started. We, we uh, Alice and Alice Lowe and yeah. I did. Uh, we we did that live on stage on a place called Ealing Live, which was a a, remember, a weekly yeah. comedy show, and we we did those characters, like you know, the idea of two Brummies uh, who were quite geeky and mm-hmm. nondescript, going off and caravanning and killing people. And that was our. We just thought it was funny, and we did it as a kind of a, a little a little sketch, really. Yeah, and then that. That was probably in about 2006, 2005. Oh, so it took about six years to, to actually... From, but when from did you actually think, oh, maybe this could be a, a film or... Well, was it a film or a TV show? It was originally a TV or? show, yeah. We wanted it to be uh, <laughs> a, a, a sort of bit like Terry in June. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but two, you know, two Brummies ago. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> Terry in June with murder. Terry in yeah. June with murder. And unsurprisingly, it was a bit dark for the uh, TV channels at the time. This was pre-Dexter. I think right. we might have had a chance after after that, but um, so we we did that initially, and then we we knew the idea was good, and so we we sent we sent it around to and Film Four saw it and gave us the commission. And that was what. What happened. they saw a script. Or they saw a, a taste that we did on oh, YouTube. Cool. Yeah, so that was. And that they were able to like they had their sort of um, the ability to see that it could sustain as a movie as well. Yeah, we'd, we'd written a... Yeah, we'd, we'd filmed it as, you know, a, a little... It was just a taster, so it wasn't very... It didn't feel like a sitcom or anything. It, felt, yeah. it, was, it was quite... It was like a short film, really, uh, that, we, that we'd written. Was it a bit kind of, like, nuts in Mayish or something? It was, a, it was a bit... There was a bit of character comedy yeah. and a bit of caravanning, and then someone gets killed in yeah. the end. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they they saw it and... We, you know, we did lots of work on a treatment and all that. I, re- I do actually remember bumping into you at the Curzon Cinema. This really makes it sound like, hey, we're really into <laughs> our independent films. When you films. got back from Nice. Yeah, when I got back from Nice via LA, via uh, I, I went to see a special screening at the Curzon. Um, and you were just pulling your hair out because I think yeah. you'd been writing it for four years. Yeah. Just at that, did you get to a stage where you're like, "Why am I even doing this? Is it going to get made?" Yeah. Or did you always believe it? Did you just were you like sliced alone? You just knew it was going to happen. You we didn't know it was going to happen, but we we really believed in the idea, and the, we knew the script was good and the idea was good, and we loved Cocky. the characters. It's true, <laughs> though. You know, we'd have done it anyway if they hadn't yeah. even made it. We'd oh, really? It so you were both like, if they don't, if they pass yeah. on this, let's just do it anyway. Yeah, definitely. Oh, but um, but but it was thankfully it all panned out but yeah there were points we, we had a lot of rewrites that, that we, were, we, we we had to do which were really difficult because you have to totally restructure everything and often yeah. you know it doesn't always make sense and stuff the notes that you get but got so like on one end. note just has this horrible knock on yeah, effect everything has everything. to be realigned yeah so yeah. You, you're just that you know you're just there you go oh god we can't do that oh god that and did you have because I know this from personal experience that you think look the thing is is I'm performing it so I know <laughs> yeah. I know how that bit's going to work but yeah. they can't like they're not going to go here's like however many hundreds of thousands of pounds we'll yeah we'll trust you 
you reckon you can deliver yeah. that line really well they want to know for certain that everything's working they on the do page. and we, we we didn't know that we were going to be able to do the parts either that was the thing because we'd, we'd given the script we sold the script to them so so they they could choose really at the end of the day but luckily did they ever they go to we want Channing Tatum <laughs> we want you yeah, uh, was Channing Tatum <laughs> McAdams in the roles yeah. would have been a different did, film did that ever it? did that ever happen they didn't ever try no they, and ne- they never did oh, no it was good. great they 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 went with it and then Ben Wheatley directed it and yeah. this is am I right in thinking this is the only film that he didn't have like he didn't write or co-write or create himself I think it uh, well there's like he was a sort of high rise which yeah it, High Rise was the Ballard book, but, but um, he he co-wrote the script for that, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah. with your film, that this is the first script. time he was yeah. just the director. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, we needed a director, and uh, he was <laughs> good story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the he was the man. He was like you know no worked with Ben before, and he just done yeah on some TV stuff. <clears throat> And he'd just done um, the uh, Down Terrace, which was an amazing yeah, yeah. film. Yeah, it was yeah. his first film. And so there was loads of buzz around him. And we went, oh, yeah. Had he not done Kill on. List? Or he, had he, he was just filming? He was actually just finishing that as we were beginning to film okay. Sightseers. So that was coming out as yeah. Sightseers was being made. So yeah, It was been, a good mix, it, wasn't it? It was. He was he's the perfect man for the job. It was brilliant. Yeah. And did at any point, though, when you were filming... Because you obviously then went on to... Uh, direct your own film afterwards did were, when you were doing sightseers were you ever like oh, i wish i was directing this not because of what he was doing but just you no, know n- never at all because no. because uh, alice and i were so we were so sort of we, it was such a team we needed someone else to to to, to be to objective and yeah, be objective because yeah, yeah. otherwise if i'd been directing it or Alice had been directing it we'd have just cut each other out <laughs> <laughs> just, no, I'm not having him do that yeah. line oh right I thought you meant completely or completely. Like, that would have been a strange like <laughs> one, one, how do you how do you explain that at the screening the love story yeah. might have been yeah um, people going you know on the poster there's like two of you but uh, yeah. in the film it's um, <laughs> and and how come you guys haven't done anything since is it just because it's how hard it is to make stuff yeah i mean absolutely it's it's like (laughs) it takes you six years to do one film i mean that's why i did the film that i've just done yeah so uh, by myself paid for it because i could just do it really quickly and that that, that's what so that film right (laughs) is called r how do you say it when you do because i say ah and do you actually put a bit of gravel in every time you do it Mm, depends how yeah. I'm feeling. <laughs> Sometimes it's Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so quite like, Dick Emery or something. A bit like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. So for people that haven't seen R, can you describe it to them? Uh, well, this uh, is the bit. This is uh, what I've been looking forward to this bit. Well, the bit of me describing yeah. my film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, R is a is a is a black comedy, I suppose, or comedy horror, which is uh it's it's, it's a love story unconventional love story set in south london but instead of speaking everyone everyone talks like apes <laughs> so there's no dialogue in it whatsoever um but it's in a very ordinary south london suburban and, setting and quite a lot of it's quite domestic it's very domestic yeah. very sort of yeah uh, just very ordinary yeah. like the house they live in is very ordinary it takes place in parks everyone's dressed in sort of next or marks and spencer's <laughs> quite sort of casual clothes got yeah. neat hair you know it's all that kind of but instead of talking, everyone communicates by going, 
and there's loads of inappropriate sex and violence in it <laughs> now how do you how do you come up with something like that like what made well, you think of doing this um don't know <laughs> <laughs> It was. I I wonder if that's what Vin Vendors says when he, people ask him about yeah. his films. Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm. I'm beli- Felt belittling, like a laugh. belittling my, no, my achievements. A... Um, it's a. Well, it was. I just think it's hilarious how similar we are to apes and monkeys, and yet we never reference it, and yet it exists in our everyday lives. And all, anything in my film that I'm. That it, that is in the film actually happens it's slightly heightened but everything in yeah. the film it's all about territory and yeah. hierarchy and there's a lot of men showing off strutting around flat screen TVs you know lots of you know one-upmanship and beta beaters and alphas it's it's quite you know it's quite a similar structure to I was immediately well. in uh, quite quite close to the beginning when Tom Meaton a fellow comedian yeah quite gently touches your penis. Um, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I thought you'd so like that. Quite, bit, yeah, thanks. Um, Put that in for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, wow, okay, this is what we're... You, there's no, like, hiding around it. It's just no. very, very... But it's primal, you know, it's, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's like a... a yeah. It, but didn't you say... I know, I can't work out if I'm... Because watching it, I was... Maybe I'm just being stupid. I have admitted to being a bit of a philistine when it comes to theatre. But um, I'm sure once you said it was slightly based on a Shakespeare play or something yeah it's well, it Romeo and Juliet oh, okay. is a is a you know it's it's shades of that really it's a it's about uh, some marauding males who come over a hill to to cause one of them's heartbroken and he wants to start a new community so he th- there's this relationship that develops with him and this this um this girl and that sparks a feud off and that's basically what happens mm. in the film there's this big feud between the two groups and uh and using very different sort of language to yes, Shakespeare just exactly the opposite yeah. by the way you should use that you should say that rather than I don't know in, in future yeah. interviews maybe yeah or not I, I think you've, you you come across as very sort of modest and, in, and mysterious but when you do it like when way, I say don't know, don't know. Yeah, I'm just too much of an idiot I just wrote it down <laughs> just came in my head and um, wrote it down and went to the pub I mean it is it's such a brilliant but out there film but surely when you make something like that, you're thinking, okay, well, two things. How is anyone going to see this? Because how do you sell a film like that? Yeah. And how do you get it financed? Like, how do you get something like that made? So, the, well, the, the money, part. the money side. Well, the fir- <laughs> I mean, the, the finance, I, I paid for it myself um, for literally nothing yeah um i got i actually got a voiceover which paid me a lot of money oh, amazing. Sort of, it just dropped from the heavens <laughs> uh, just as i was writing the script and i thought well i can just make it with that and yeah so i did um, and, and i had taken it around some some quite high profile uh companies uh, uh, um, who will remain nameless yeah told i was told that the script was the funniest thing that they'd ever read at this one place and they said, and I said, oh, great, well, let's make it then. <laughs> Brilliant. And they went, no, we can't do it. We just made this, insert the name of major musical uh, uh, starring very big stars. Uh, yeah. So we, they said, I won't really fit with what that we doesn't seem, do. That, that, that reason doesn't <laughs> seem to have any connection to why the film, like, okay, so you made a musical. What does that have... That will um, make you loads of money, won't it? I'm only asking for like fifty grand. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know, I know. So I was, at, but it was. It's, that's, it's that's, to the, do. that's the catering uh, yeah, budget. Just I know. give us that. I know. That's what. That's, 
Uh, that's a stu- I was literally asking for that amount of money. But you, but you said they, they said it was the funniest script that, you, yeah. that they'd ever read. Was it, when you wrote it, was it written as noises? No, it was written in English. So ah, all okay. the scenes were written quite conventionally. So the, so the actors knew exactly what was happening in the scene. And then okay. on set, we threw, <coughs> we threw the script away and everyone just did it. Were you not worried? Were, were there not words. things that you suddenly became attached to? Like you were like, "Oh man, I really like that." Yeah, line, well, it's, it, yeah. But you have to be. I had to be brutal. I, I knew that it would never get. No one would ever hear the words. So as a result, everything we had a real freedom to how I wrote it. So yeah. it was, I was. It's quite good, you know. Oh God, bloody hell! It's all right. Did anyone on set ever go? Oh, sorry. I- Oh, what's my line? <laughs> yeah. What's it again? That happened all the time, yeah. <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, oh, yeah. 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 And you come over and you go, uh, yeah, hi, Julian. Sorry, it's not, ooh, uh, uh, it's, uh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. And we started, we started talking like that with the crew as well. So we were going, it became very, very primal quite quickly. So like if... But all, uh, like by if, accident if the sound, or as a sound man or? hadn't... <laughs> yeah, which it just everyone slipped into it really, really easily. You know, when we started, everyone was finding their way, but three days in, everyone was just basically talking mm-hmm. like that. It's amazing how little we knew, need language. So the other part of the question was about how you make something like that, which you must know yeah. that something like that's going to be cult, for want of a better word. Like, how do you? Like what? Is, what are your expectations of making something yeah. like that? Do well, you, distribution do you, is extremely yeah. difficult. If like, were you like, why isn't it playing in the multiplexes? Yeah, or? I know. <laughs> Distribution's literally impossible if unless you're a big, you've got a massive film these days, yeah. and that that uh, that applies to even you know even other you know bigger budgets compared to mine, like even million two million yeah. pound films just won't get a place you know distribution theatrically so it's it's really difficult so we we went for the approach where we would play we would put this on at cinemas as one-off dates and travel around the country we had to deal with the pitch house cinemas and we did pitch house central oh, for six weeks and just one off so they call we these like Friday. road shows don't they yeah basically yeah. and i turn up and do a q a and whatever and it was it was they were all been brilliant fun actually. and would they sell well yeah yeah because yeah, they, they were events and you know, generally, oh, and there were a few fest- like a few festivals across the and UK. also off the back of sightseers, I guess, as well, because yeah. that did really well, right? A lot of the same places yeah. we we sort of found ourselves in. Actually. See, I think that's like in this world that we're living in, where you can watch everything at home, and it's like, well, what's the point in going to the cinema? And because I'm a, I'm still a big fan of going and watching yeah, stuff in the too. cinema, mainly because I'm as bad as everyone else at like checking stuff online and going on my yeah. phone. But there is, weirdly, I don't know how it's happened, there is still this etiquette that you don't do it in the cinema. And because of that, it means, even if it's a film that you're only half into, yeah. you watch it right to the end. You don't sort of like... like I, I never would have sort of given up on films years ago. Like, for years and years. And then only in the last five years, and I'm convinced it's because of my iPhone, yeah, would I, yeah. like, halfway through a film that I'm sort of only half into sort of began I'm not sure about this but I never used to I'd always give it to the end and so that's why I love going to the cinema because it's you just put all your attention into the film but I think those roadshow things where the cast or the director or whatever are there with the film and you get to talk to them afterwards is like probably the one of the ways to go yeah I think it's 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 it's, it is the only way really I think for for small things but they say, um, I was reading, have you read that book, the um, 
Down and Dirty Pictures, I think it's called. It's the follow-up to Easy... Uh, what's it? Raging Tigers Easing Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? It's called the Peter Biskin book about the six, uh, 70s filmmakers, and there's a follow-up of the 90s, oh, which yeah. is all about Miramax and Sundance and Tarantino. Yeah. And they're saying the success of Reservoir Dogs was really that he went to all the festivals and did talks before or after because he's such a good uh, like orator or like speaker. He's, yeah. And it really, I think it's, there's something good about that. There is, there is. The personal Did that touch. feel to you, though, that you got enough from it? It like, did, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we, we, we had loads of good exposure, and now it's on, you know, it's on VOD and the DVD and Blu-ray is out. We got this deal with Icon, who, uh, who are doing our, doing our yeah. the physical oh, sales, brilliant. so it's brilliant. Um, and it's, it's had a brilliant response and loads of good press, and yeah. that's all we wanted, really, from it, and hopefully... But Next. it did straight away, at the, was it at Fright Fest? Yeah, yeah. Straight away it got a couple of really blinding reviews, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, You must have think like, oh, phew. Because that's the moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Where you think, was this all worth it? Oh, or? I was quite nervous. But y- yeah, it, yeah, you, you are very nervous. But oh, yeah, luckily it was, it's gone down well. Well, um, if, uh, you know, to all the listeners, you should check it out. It's called R. How many A's is in that? Eight A's and eight H A's. and one exclamation mark. Please spell it right, otherwise you'll you never find it. <laughs> yeah. It's a nightmare <laughs> online. Eight A's, an H, and an exclamation. You have to put all those in in order to find it. <laughs> God, right. you really shot yourself in the foot here, oh, didn't you? Oh, yeah. And along with yourself, there's your uh, sometime comedy duo uh, partner Tom Meaton there's yeah. Julian Barrett from the Mighty Boosh Toya Wilcox Toya is incredible in yeah. it yeah and how did how did you get well I just to her? I just sent her the script did you <laughs> yeah I took a punt what to her agent I presume yeah to her agent yeah, yeah I did, I've never met her before yeah and so and she read it that night and really loved it and then I met up with her the next day I think mm-hmm. two days later and and she she said I, 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 lo- I love your script but I'm not sure I know how to do it should we meet up and rehearse yeah. it or something and she, Toya came round to my house you know with, oh, and it was me Tom and Toya in just my house doing, <laughs> pretending to be monkeys and I was thinking <laughs> bloody hell this life <laughs> what have I done but she was brilliant and so kind of up for it and uh, hilarious yeah. and uh, uh, just instantly knew it was going to work and she's she's been brilliant and very through her, I met Robert Fripp, who is her husband. Of course, uh, yeah. and he donated a load of music for the oh, the bulk of the soundtrack for the film, which is incredible. Robert, yeah. Robert Fripp, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he um, so when you do, when you rehearse something like that, like how what what you know? <laughs> well, we did that? it. We did it to the script. So we did ev- we rehearsed the scene, you know, with the words. Yeah. So it was just you know like any other like you'd do anything really, and then <laughs> and then. Then once everyone got got familiar with the the statuses, really was what yeah. we were looking. Was it looking weird for. though? Like, were actors going, "Oh, can I really like?" Were people taking a while to let their guard down? And no, just I think every everyone really went for it, oh. and that that's kind of that's why Toya was so good. She just had no fear of it. She just went straight into it. And same with like you know all you know you know, we know a lot of the same you know a lot of the same people who yeah. are in who are in the film you know just from comedy backgrounds so they're quite used to making a complete tit of themselves but there's and, also you know, egos in comedy as well there where is. it's like do i want to be <laughs> yeah. until until you're convinced what you're doing is good or funny yeah. or there's a reluctance to completely like be if a, it's someone else's stuff as well and you yeah. you've got a comic identity it is hard yeah but, but i guess that a lot of those people were people you'd worked with before or you knew and yeah exactly yeah, yeah for many years so that actually. helps as well yeah well, it's uh, it's a brilliant film, and I just I also just think it's amazing 
that you know like you say in a world where it's so hard to get films out there that you were like do you know what fuck it I'm going to make this yeah I'm, I'm really, anyone can make a film for 10 grand now and yeah. it, the, which and it's, which is brilliant and it democratises everything but the, the nightmare is publicity yeah. so which you need a lot of money for because everyone needs to get their, their poster on a bus don't yeah. they uh, and distribution and that's the, 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 so you've got to find ways around of that and but you know Good, good. You have. Are you still? Do you still promote? I mean, other than this, this is more of a sort of more about you than that film. But are you still promoting it? Yeah, still. Yeah. It's still going on. Yeah, going going around lots of festivals still. So I'm going. And what next? Uh, what film wise? Yeah, I'm writing one at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, and what animals do they speak? In? <laughs> yeah, they're all pigs. <laughs> <laughs> they're pigs that uh, go go on holiday talking to of pigs <laughs> yeah. for, so, for those of you that don't uh, who are going oh Steve Orham I think I know who that is what's, what's he look like oh well, god S- Steve <laughs> for some reason <laughs> seems to be uh, relentlessly cast as policeman in films and television yeah. how many cops have you played oh, now I don't know I mean my first ever professional job was as a policeman okay, so back in one. back in it's probably about you're a cop tw- in the world's 20. end right yeah, it was in the world's end I, oh god I was in a film called The Canal where I was a copper yeah. oh I don't know too there's many a uh, TV show that you're just doing now with Sheridan Smith yeah that's right um, and then there's also the and then there's your private life in the bedroom yeah. you often play a cop <laughs> the cuffs <laughs> <laughs> which I've heard about I've uh, not seen yeah. but I've heard about I say Dan um, gotta get those well, mirrors changed pleasure to have you on board now uh, before we go to our next uh, and final part of the show uh, we're going to play Steve's second choice. Now, weirdly, uh, so far, every person that's suggested stuff has suggested music from John Landis films. At some oh, point. really? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Now, I don't know if... Obviously, Blues Brothers is full of music. Um, yeah. Trading Places, I think, has some, some songs in it. But um, American Wealth in London just has so many great songs yeah. this is blue moon by the blue moon. blue moon blue moon <laughs> i can't do it uh brilliant amazing film i love that film so much yeah. it's one of my i think all-time favorites yeah my old london classic when we were kids like, oh god that was terrifying wasn't that it? sounds like you, you meant when when you, me were, and you yeah. <laughs> growing up in, in together I, <laughs> yeah. I lost the accent i yeah. was uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, we're roughly the same age. So yeah, when we were, I mean, I, the bit that scared me the most was the transformation. Yeah, more than anything, I don't know why. Seeing someone's like his body can talk. It's brilliant, isn't it? How they do that? So good, and it holds up. Yeah, the humour, the effects, everything. I love it so much, and the classic shower scene. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, so uh, this is the guilty pleasure section, yes. and uh, Steve last night or two nights ago uh, emailed me with his choice, and it was a film I hadn't actually seen. I thought I may have seen it, but it turns out I hadn't seen it. And the film, do you want to? You, well, the think? film is called The Hand, mm. uh, which uh, is from 1981. It stars Michael Caine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most it's the most incredible experience. I mean, I, I I'm defending it because I think it's actually a really good film. It's very it's very it's a much maligned film and I think Michael Caine's slightly embarrassed about it is is it maligned is it like yeah, I hadn't even I'm really it's not a film that people it's not like they talk about Jaws 4 in the way that no no because t- the 80s was a real bad time for Michael Caine wasn't it <laughs> yeah. he's famously said he just did it for the money well, like he did, he, yeah he did, he did a load everything of everything in the 80s for the money really I think I'll look through his uh, 80s um, uh, I'm gonna just try and get up his uh uh, his CV here, but 
uh, I think from what I can remember in the 80s he made like three or four films a year yeah and but in the whole 10 years the only films that were good were uh, I think Educating Rita is a good film oh yeah that's good it is good um, uh, uh, Hannah and Her Sisters yeah which is one of my favourite Woody Allens and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels uh, yeah but that's three films out of, I think he did about 30 films, and so many of them are just like, either you've not heard of them, or they're just... Yeah, The Hand utter. is one, I, I think he said he was he, he, he wanted to build a new garage, so he, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he uh, Fuck, took That must have been a big garage, and I think it, Well, yeah, I mean, it's, inc- it's an incredible film. He plays this um, comic book artist who... Mm. Uh, He's got a very troubled marriage, you know, uh, uh, and then he, he loses his hand in a freak... A uh, freak car accident. His hand flies off into the, into a field, and no one can find it. Weirdly, even though there's about forty people looking for it, no one can find it. Uh, and so he has his hand replaced with a robotic metal hand, and uh, and then he yeah, it sort of he descends into this. It becomes quite deranged in it, and it's a very intense psychological horror. And mm. uh, I, I think it, <laughs> uh, you know, I first watched it when I was a kid, and I found it quite involving quite I'm I'm surprised by that because the one thing that struck me the most about the hand because I was going to it going right okay he's picked this as a guilty pleasure this could be terrible yeah like I expect people to like films that they know are bad or maybe people go I just think it's misunderstood so I was I was (laughs) I, I didn't quite know what to expect and First of all, it's written and directed by Oliver Stone. Yeah. Which, I, again, I was like, what? He's in it as well. You and know. he's in yeah, it. Yeah, he plays yeah, a bum plays in, a, gets killed. in a weird <laughs> scene. But So it's written by Oliver Stone, whose next film after that was Platoon. Yeah. And I'm thinking, was Oliver Stone at one point circling two scripts? Was he like, do I do the, you know, the sort of worthy drama about Vietnam or Michael Caine with a uh, metal hand? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, what was it? I'll do the metal hand first before I do. Well, this is why I love it. You know, it's so unchar- it's very uncharacteristic for both Oliver Stone and Michael Caine. You know, you don't see either of them really doing this kind of thing. Well, you say that, but Kane then did do Jaws 4 a couple of years later as well. He doesn't play this sort of part. He's totally deranged in this. And he he never... He's really psychotic, really. It becomes... And and it's a really... It's a brilliant performance. It's one of the reasons why I like it, actually, is because I think he's amazing. He's totally committed to this mad, weird script. And it's it's really... you know, it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of story. He has blackouts and he doesn't know what he's doing. And when he blacks out his hand, his severed hand goes off and commits murders or does yeah. you know w- and weirdly does drawings and things like that and uh, I, I, I think it's quite it's, it's a nice story you know it's quite a simple uh, did you say a nice story it's a lovely story nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what strikes me is you said it's um, you said it's a film you loved as a kid but yeah. there was not an awful lot of plot no it's, it's, it's quite a slow film with a very linear kind of yeah. story and I can't imagine a kid particularly loving this film but it was it was I found it quite intense, and there's there's, there's surprisingly a, a, a very a lot of weird images that sort of st- stuck with me. I remember that that um, the cat jumping through the window yeah. and things like that, and I'm, I mean the effects are a bit shit. <laughs> you know, they're a bit. Lim- I remember my mum coming into the room when it was on, 
and laughing at the hand <laughs> as it scampered out of the room. Oh you know, it's God, a, yeah, the it's hand bit, is weird. It's a bit like a joke shop hand, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not great. I thought at first, I thought, oh, this is like the Inspector Gadget origin story. <laughs> you know, this is how it all began. But it's um, the hand thing was, do you remember there was, an eight, there was a horror film in the 80s that was called like House or something? Oh, and there was yeah. a hand that was running around like... And I was like, is this... I, I guess for me, what I found so strange about it was that, as you say, this guy loses his hand and he's got this metallic hand and he's, like you say, got these weird blackouts happening. But in the blackouts, we see in black and white the, ha- the severed yeah. hand killing people. And then he doesn't recall any of it. So we're like, oh, okay, so these, th- these are his blackouts. Yeah. But then in the third act... He has a fight with his own hand. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, oh no, it's an actual severed hand that's running around killing yeah, people. It's literally a, a severed hand. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's called the hand. So maybe the hand was it's more the, important than we thought. Well, he's a comic book artist and it's, it's, you know, it's a comic book style story. So it's the embodiment of his subconscious. Yeah. You know, it, it starts off as in his subconscious and then it becomes a, an actual reality. Yeah. And meanwhile... Michael Caine throughout the film is becoming more and more deranged. I don't know if you noticed his hair changes throughout the film. So it starts quite, it starts quite normal wavy yeah. hair, and then it gradually becomes a perm <laughs> yeah. as, as the film goes until on. Until at the very until end, the very end yeah. he's in that way that they used to do in films in the seventies and eighties. How they depicted mental people were where he had some sort of strange like headpiece and a yeah. scientist like with you know lobes on his temples. And He's almost like not quite, not yeah. quite matchsticks in his eyes, like Clockwork Orange, but that old school, like this is just how looks mental, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, th- he did some pretty good acting in that bit. Oh, I thought, I think yeah. he's brilliant in it. I think. I mean, he totally committed. And I couldn't, you know, when it started, I was like, is this going to be good Michael Caine or bad Michael Caine? Because <laughs> yeah. he's, especially in that era, it's very dialing it in, yeah. No, I think he really went for it. And I think the, f- the whole film takes itself seriously, which I actually yeah. quite like. It's not just the jokey, you know, we're a crap camp horror film. This is, you know, he's taking it seriously. What so do you think the film is about? If you had to say, like, what it's really well, about. Well, it's, it's about, it's about a, a, a man who, who a bad man who does s- bad things and can't admit it to himself. He's he's it sets it up at the start. He's not getting on with his wife. He's having an affair, and then uh, you know bad things start happening. He becomes mad and he ends yeah. up you know killing people. I mean, it's, it's, <sighs> it, if if you have got an hour and a half where you don't really mind uh, <laughs> whether you've seen a great film or not. <laughs> But you're intrigued. I do. Uh, I mean, what I love about this process of getting people on is it's made me aware of a film I would never have watched otherwise. And I did enjoy it on a weird level. Yeah, it's um, an experience, isn't it? And, and, and because it's made by a good filmmaker, it's not a bad, it's not like terrible, really terrible dialogue or bad acting. It's just like a bit like, what it's is quite, this Yeah, film? It, it's, What is it? It's a curiosity. And yeah. it's, it's, it's brilliant, I think. And, doesn't deserve what's it doesn't they, it, it what does it 14 percent on, on rotten, rotten tomatoes, tomatoes, yeah. but um yeah it's I, I think it's good i think you should okay support, so support you're, you're saying a underrated classic underrated classic <laughs> the effects are slightly dated and could have done i think yeah. they spent all their money on michael kane didn't they yeah and then didn't have any uh, left over for that <laughs> well steve thank you very much for being my guest today uh it's been a pleasure, pleasure. um we are going to uh in uh, as a little uh 
Well, uh, as a way of saying thanks to you for coming on the show, we're going to play. I don't know why this is <laughs> a way of saying thanks at all. Uh, let me do that again. Uh, to pay homage to your own body of work, uh, we're going to end on uh, a song that features in Sightseers. Uh, this is Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Thanks for coming. Uh, join us again Thank next you. week. Thank you. Dan Clark Talks Films on Fubar Radio. This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to foobarradio.com for more details.